Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Today we're in Huntsville, Alabama, and we'll be visiting with John and Ivy, the drive-in Mondays. But I got to talk to you about Margaret first, right? I have a custom-made, handmade acoustic guitar named Margaret. It has the tonal quality of a name-brand high-end guitar, which shall remain nameless. But this baby fits my hand perfectly. It's got a mahogany neck, glides easily when I play it. But what I love most is that low-end sustain. I, I think it's still ringing from the first open E chord I played when I first got her. Anyway, she was built for me by Joe Mendel of Joe Mendel's Frets, one of the sponsors of the Music of America podcast. Maple Ridge, maple fretboard, a veneer Zircote headstock, but I think it's the spruce body that really gives it its resonance and its sustain. It's a beautiful looking, beautiful sounding guitar, custom made for me from Joe Mendel, Joe Mendel's Frets at joemendelfrets.com. Hi, kids. <laughs> so hey, how you doing? We're with John and Ivy from the Drive-In Mondays of Huntsville, Alabama. And the question I always have to ask people from Huntsville is whether or not you're a Tide fan. Uh... We're technically both immigrants, so we were oh, okay. born into that culture. Where are, you, where are you both from? I'm from North Carolina, so I'm more of a Duke Blue Devils fan. Blue Devils, yeah. Ivy. And my parents moved to Chicago a couple or moved from Chicago a couple years before I was born. So Ooh. I guess I root for the Bears, but I'm really not a sports person. So oh, sorry. Good. good. I, I won't hold the Blackhawks against you because I'm okay, from St. Cool. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other question I always want to ask uh, of most of my bands is how did you come up with this name and what on earth are the drive-in Mondays? What does that mean? What's the story behind that? <laughs> they are words that sound good together. Um, there's a long convoluted story to how we got to those words that might not make any sense. But... That's what we're here for. Okay, so you want the long convoluted story. Sure. Cool. Um, so there's a song by Better Oblivion Community Center, which is Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst's collaboration called My City. And there's a line in that song that says, this town is a crowded movie. And we've performed that song here and there just because I like it and I made John play it. Um, and so John started singing This Town is a Drive-In Movie, which I just think is kind of a cool concept. Um, you know, like, yes, everybody's together, but they're like all in their separate cars. And OK, that's yeah. kind of cool and resonant. Um, and so we just started listing off names that had the word drive-in in them and landed on the drive-in Mondays. Why Mondays? I mean, drive-in movie is kind of a neat concept. Well, another part of the story is there's a David Bowie song, Drive-In Saturday. Oh. So at okay. some point we were so it couldn't thinking be Saturday. of drive-in associations, and I thought that associated drive-in with Saturday because of that song. I got you. Uh, and then, then Ivy thought, well, that's taken. So we had to pick another day. <laughs> that's pretty much how it worked. And now so, John wears all these like graphic T-shirts that say like Boycott Mondays and I Hate Mondays and stuff <laughs> like that. So we've, we've embraced that, I guess. That's funny. Well, I Hate Mondays was a song, wasn't it, uh, by I want to. I don't. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say Beastie Boys, but it wasn't. It was uh, uh, yeah. Someone was just telling me that last week. Yeah, uh, I can't remember I forget who it was. Yeah, that's escaping me. So, how does North Carolina and Chicago meet in Huntsville, Alabama, and start producing fun music like you guys have? <laughs> um, 
I, Ivy may not know. Okay. So let okay. me fill in. Well, yeah, you, yeah, go ahead. You like an open mic night or? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got, uh, so I graduated from school and I got hired to a job here in Huntsville mm-hmm. by Ivy's father. Oh, no kidding. So that's, that's how, we, how we met. And then um, actually I was in a band where her father was the drummer. Oh, really? And, um, that, that was up until about the time of the COVID lockdown and all that. Uh-huh. That shut down live music completely. Yeah. And then um, as the lockdown was just starting to lift a little bit and we were completely bored and wanted to get back and play some music, um, we'd lost a couple of members of our band, not to COVID, but to, to other paths life. in life. And, yeah. uh, and I said, oh, Ned, your daughter's a good singer and guitar player. We should get her into the band. And uh, pulled her in and ended up playing with that configuration for uh, more than a year after the yeah. lockdown. And I thought this was like just for fun, but then they were like, do you want to go play somewhere? And I said, really? What? <laughs> and then <laughs> it kind of went from there. Um, so so did- once we were in that band, we played like, I don't know, older music, the Beatles, Chuck Berry, which is yeah. all very cool. Um, but then at some point we switched over to more acoustic indie type stuff um, and actually started going to the open mic night at a local brewery. Um, and I mean, these things kind of come and go. John was saying, oh, we, we better go to this before it goes away. Um, but it's actually lasted over a year now. And we've just been going wow. every week and have made a lot of really awesome friends that way. So that's been yeah, a pretty key part my, of our journey. My kids, my kids pick on me because I don't listen to music after the 20, 20th century. You know, <laughs> I pick on John because he <laughs> up until a year ago didn't listen to music after the 20th century. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, so, part of the part of the story is we were in the in this band. This is a cover band, a five piece band, and uh, Ivy uh, came to me and said she had recorded this uh, Joni Mitchell song called California, and she just loved the song, but it didn't really fit with the what the band was doing. Mm-hmm. But she just wanted to share it with someone because she loved that song. And uh, and I was thinking, well, maybe we could work up a a duo as a kind of a side project and get into some smaller venues that where a five piece band is just too much because there's yeah. lots of smaller bars around here like that. And so we started just as a side project, working up songs uh, as a duo. And she started introducing more um, indie stuff, contemporary 21st century mm-hmm. music. And, uh, and it's been really interesting just to explore all kinds of things that I've never listened to very much in the past. Now, are you still with your cover project too, or or is it just Drive-In Mondays now? Well, um, there could be a reunion tour at some point. But. Yeah, it, it, we reached a point where we were just uh, we're having so much success with the new format that the side uh, project became the main project. I see. And okay. uh, you know, it's not enough hours in the day to keep both of them going, so so we right. did right. Uh, put the other one to bed. But they've all moved on to their other ventures as well, and so I yeah. think it's just. Part of so, doing music is. I, I want to back up on one thing, then, John. You said that you had said to Ivy's father that she could play guitar and could sing. So you've had to have been in a situation where you heard her play or sing before, Ivy. What what was that all about? Um. So yeah, John's just been a friend of our family for years, but um, yeah, we used to all just play music at my parents' house, and um, I was in high school at the time. And I was just around, and so I actually played drums. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! No kidding. And just kind of kept time while they did. What did y'all play? Oh, uh, we used to just play a lot of old rock and roll. It was uh, 
it, we were very much hobbyists. It, it uh-huh. was not, uh, not to make any money or anything at that time. So it was just to get together on Friday nights and, and have something fun to do. And, yeah. Uh, that's all right. So how old, I'm not asking ages. I'm just asking ages. I'm not asking how old you are, but how old were you? Like when you, when you first, uh, cause John, you obviously got out of school, took a job, moved, right? Is that yeah. Right? So that was coming out of uh, graduate school. So, um, I was, uh, 28 or 29, something like wow. that. Wow. And that's when you moved then to Alabama. That's right. And do you pronounce it Alabama or Alabama or how do you hold your it? It's Alabama to me. Yeah. That's right. Because you're not natives. That's what I've been told too. That if you're right. not from there, then you can say it however you want as long as you, you know, respect Huntsville it. is a city full of, of uh, new arrivals. Every yeah. year there are more. So, uh, a, a gentleman that I went to grade school and high school with owns a, a fitness company or a fitness supply company or something like that down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got together for a high school reunion years ago and he was in town for something. We used to play hockey together against each other. And uh, we worked at a health club together for a while. And I walked in and he says, you know, you're the oldest guy I know. I'm like, well, wait a minute now. <laughs> <He> goes, <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I've known you longer than anybody else that I know. <laughs> but he's he's in Huntsville now. He does a great job, and he loves it down there. He says it's beautiful, and he says the people are so friendly. And I'm getting a good vibe of that from you guys now. So, uh, Ivy, you went from drums to guitar. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've been playing guitar, you know, just for fun. Um, again, as a hobby, since I was maybe 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, my family has known John's family for years and years. Um, um, and yeah, so like. Yes, I played drums for the most part when they would come over, but occasionally I'd pull out the guitar and be like, okay, here's a song I just learned. And they'd be like, we've never heard that before, but cool. Oh, uh, wow. So, yeah, I guess at that point you were aware that I did play guitar and sing. I was entirely too self-conscious at that point, but here now in um, late 20s or so, I've kind of so. gotten a little more <laughs> outgoing with it all, and it's been really fun. So. Which of you realized how well your voices blended? Who picked that up first, or did you just kind of figure that out? Because you, you got a great blend. You really do. Yeah, I mean, I would sing backing vocals when we were doing things with the five-piece band. Okay. And that's that's just something I love is harmony singing. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah. Are you an old choir girl? Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's same, <laughs> in choir in high school and college. Sure, and, sure. That's, that's, I think that, um, it, that's just what Marching happens. band, the whole thing. So, yeah, I've always done something or other. It's, the melody just yeah. comes so easily. It's the harmonies that become the challenge. Then the harmonies start becoming the melody to a lot of us. It's like... <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a problem I have or yeah. or so, a good thing, depending on how you look at it. Who, who writes? Do both of you write, John? Or do you write stuff and then she comes in? Or how does that work? Well, what we've done so far is, um, is I write the, the songs. Uh, I come up with the, the rough outlines of the songs, but then uh, it's really we both contribute to how the song's arranged and what the final sound is uh, when we present it. Um, because when I write the song, it's just my voice. I don't write the, the harmonies. Uh, Ivy brings those in and uh, oh, okay. sometimes she'll say shape the songs um, in other ways. Uh, one of the songs we're going to do today, for instance, uh, I think I actually wrote two or three extra verses that aren't on, on the recording. And okay. I said, all right, Ivy, you pick, pick the out the stuff you like. you like. And <laughs> I think she moved some, moved some lines from one verse to another and, and the end product was really good. So 
that's neat. That's fun how that you can corroborate like that. Because some guys, when they write their music, like, no, no, this is what it's written. This is how it's written. You know, yeah. this is my story. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna say it this way. You know, and it's cool that you're you're flexible like that. Well, let's let's talk about this first one. First song we're going to play is uh, "Giving Up on You." So, do these come from a certain place or life experience or something you saw in a movie or, or how did that one come about? Yeah, they, I, I think I draw on all of those kind of sources. I, I haven't really been able to write a song that's completely about one thing. I kind of, kind of have lines that come from different sources oh. from, uh, you know, like, like you say, a movie or a line that comes from an interaction with one person and the next line may come with an interaction with another person. Um, I think that song I started with the chords and I had a bunch of uh, I've been listening to a lot of Morrissey at the time. Okay. And so it's sort of a, you know, a morose song in, in parts uh, because of that influence. And uh, it, it was confusing to me, to be honest with you at the beginning, because <laughs> uh, when, when I'm trying to put the uh, what the line is, um, uh, trying to undress you, you know, I'm trying to impress you. I'm trying to undress you. And then you're giving up on her. I'm like, wait a minute. What happened here? <laughs> so well, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's in the past tense. That's I tried. A fair point. <laughs> I tried hard. It didn't I work. see. I see. Now okay. I'm giving up. <laughs> so that's in it. Because the whole thing, the, the whole thing is like a, a big white flag at the end. You know, I'm done. That's right. I've done all this. I've done everything I could. And I just, I can't get past this. And uh, and I got that. But it's at the, just that that line kind of caught me. You know, I've tried to undress you. I'm like, oh. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of weirds me out a little bit too, not going to lie. Yeah, that's a, that's a funny thing. I, I thought the line clearly had a double meaning that that's, undressed you in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. It's a metaphor. Uh, it's just it's a Nobody metaphor. seems to hear it that way. <laughs> yeah, we musicians. all have dirty minds. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, we're musicians. We're just not that deep. <laughs> well, let's give it a listen. Let's just, you want to introduce the song? Tell me about it. Or just say I do or I'll just play it. You want me? Well, well I'll just say that uh, this was the, the first song that I wrote for us. I tried everything that I could to impress you. Tried every way that I could to undress you. I played all your favorite songs. I laughed when your jokes landed wrong. But at the end of the day, I find I'm alone again. you up off the ground when you needed a helping hand I lend you an ear when you go on like only you can I sang all your favorite songs I made you laugh when your day went all wrong but I know in the end I'm just not in your plans again so i'm throwing in the towel giving up on 
There's nothing more I can do I'm hoisting up the white flag I laid out my arms before you But you're just killing time And you'll never be mine There's nothing more I can do she heard that line and you're seeing it with another woman yeah so anyway we're with the drive-in mondays john and abby will be right back but first I want to talk about a, a big festival in st louis growing up in st louis the blues is such a strong musical influence it has been in my life i mean Bugman blues is my email in fact the logo that we're using for uh, the music of america podcast one of them it's a old uh dixieland jazz band called the alabama serenaders goes back to the depression era that's my grandfather in the middle there with this clarinet pointed up to the gods well the soulard blues festival showcases that deep rooted blues heritage in st louis it's called the b3 blues festival in st louis it's an outdoor concert festival held in historic soulard market area which uh, if you've been to st louis soulard is to st louis what beale street is to memphis what bourbon street is to to, to new orleans and while the flavor is local blues artists, the savory tradition of classic blues does and will prevail throughout the day. So the festival's every year in May, and you can bet every year in June, they're already planning the next years. And I should say, in addition to the great music, there's always been a, a great display of artists. And of course, you're in St. Louis, we've got to have beer tastings, right? A lot of beer tastings, a lot of art, a lot of great music, but you got to have the beer. It's the Soulard B3, the annual blues festival in historic Soulard Market, St. Louis, Missouri. Soulard B3. So we're with John and Ivy in the drive-in Mondays from Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, let's go back to something again. You said your parents, Ivy, your parents have known John for a long time. How did they meet? Uh, John, you said you worked with her father. Have you worked with her father for a long time or was this before you moved here or what? Yeah, I guess I, I met him at a conference when I was, uh, I, so I was, went to graduate school and I got to go to a conference and I, I met, he was a presenter there. And then when I graduated, he hired me here. So I, so I worked my, my whole life with him, uh, my professional life with him until he retired a couple of years ago. And uh, what music does he play? Well, he was a drummer with our band for a while. Um, also secretly, he plays guitar and writes songs that, are sometimes about Mexican food or <laughs> squirrels or other silly things, but also are sometimes um, 
pretty darn good, but he would never admit that himself. Yeah, does he take? He doesn't take himself seriously as a songwriter. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what's the office? But I keep telling like? him you should. What? <laughs> what's the office like, John? With with a couple musical people walking around there? Is it always like always about work when you're at work, and then we talk about music on break and stuff like that, or what? How's that? Oh no, we, we didn't have a very serious workplace, but uh, oh. there were a lot of mu- musical people there. So that the when we finally got a serious band going, I think um, I think uh, three three of us directly worked together, and one was the son of another guy we worked with, and then the fifth guy um, worked for a for a contractor that worked for us. So it, it was you know work was the way we met people. So okay. That's how that band got formed together. That's that's a bunch cool. Of physicists and me. Yeah. <laughs> physicists. Oh, so it's the Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's funny. Are you Sheldon or another? <laughs> Have to identify, you know, trying to. So um, I want to ask this because I played in a cover band for a short while and uh, my bass player loves to write music. I've written some songs. How do you make that transition in your head? Like, I don't want to play other people's music anymore. I want to start doing my own. Is it just something that you incorporated one into the other or did you just, like you said, that became a second like a side project did they ever intertwine or one incorporate with the other those uh i guess the cover band with the original music stuff yeah um so we do lots of covers uh when we play live uh now um it just to me it feels like writing music is an extension of learning to play music Uh, it it, it's all part of becoming a musician and um and I like the idea of mixing originals in with covers because it's it pushes me to make sure my original is as good as it can be so that it can stand alongside of, you know, music written by really great people. Uh-huh. Uh, is, there a, is there a song that you both really love doing together? Like you guys, you just, you hit it on all cylinders when you do this, you, you get done and you're like, that was so cool. You know, is there, is there, I mean, I'm granted it's all, they're all like that. Right. But uh, is there one that yeah. kind of stands above the rest? We usually end our shows with a song card called dearly, uh, dearly departed by shaky graves. Um, oh. And so it's kind of a duet back and forth. And there's lots of like banging on the guitar and yelling and stomping feet and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's, it's really fun. You so have- fun, fun, lively dance song kind of thing. Well, not not people could dance if they want a great guess, dance but... song but uh it's a high energy song yeah, and there are yeah parts where each of us sing lead and then parts where we harmonize oh, okay um, parts where we pretend to play drums but just with our guitars <laughs> sometimes we can get the crowd going and then we'll get them clapping with us and uh it's a high energy way to end the night that's fun when when you when you're out together do you both play uh, Ivy, do you play all the time as well, or is, are there sometimes sometimes when you play and Jonathan just John just sings, or the other way around, or do you both always play, or what? Almost all the time, we've got two guitars and two voices. Occasionally, we'll shake that up. He has a few songs where he just does harmonica. Um, one some, where I pull out a shaker and <laughs> do a little bit of percussion, but yeah, mostly acoustic guitars. Uh-huh. And uh, who does the set arrangement, John? Is it you? Like figure but, out what songs oh, oh, we're doing like in what order. Making a set list. Yeah. Oh yeah. He delegated that to me recently and I enjoy having just a little bit of power over it. <laughs> yeah, actually that's a what we play and what we don't. Little psychological thing. I I decide in the 
past few bands I've been in, I made all the set lists and I was kind of a control freak. Yeah. yeah. And so this, this time I said, I'm going to stand back and let somebody else do that. And so Ivy makes the set lists and whether or not my original song gets into a set or not is up to her. Yeah. Um, is that, and is so that it's kind of nice when it happens. <laughs> is that tough to to give that up after you've done it you know, with the other band that you set the set list and then all of a sudden you don't have that say so? Yeah, sometimes I have a gut a gut uh, reflex that wait a minute I can't leave this song out. But uh, uh-huh. I, I really like the the information that I get from seeing what she puts into the set list because it really? tells me what's what's working for her, what she thinks sounds good, what's getting across. So that's very useful information. Then Ivy, if that's your job, then uh, how amendable on the fly are you? Let's say you have a set list and it's we're playing these four songs and by the third song, you're noticing that you're not getting it. You know, you, the flow's not there or you guys aren't working together or the audience isn't responding the way you kind of wanted to do. Do you stay the course or do you flip some songs and say, let's uh, do something else here? Or what do you do there? I would say we've always been at least somewhat adaptable with that. And I feel like that's also a skill we've developed over time is being able to say, oh, this isn't working. This mm-hmm. crowd really wants to hear something more upbeat, blah, blah, blah. And so being able to adjust on the fly is hopefully something we've been getting better at over time. And I think just a really key part of being a performer, too, yeah. is just being able to adjust like that. I, I tell this story a lot that... Uh... And when when Buddy Guy came out with Mustang Sally, that uh, 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 now I'm drawing a blank trying to say it, I'm trying to remember the story, but uh, uh, I want to say it's Booker T, but it wasn't Booker T. So anyway, uh, there were certain bands, certain artists that would not play Mustang Sally. In fact, uh, Johnny Lee Hooker and Johnny Lee Hooker had a saying, a banner that hang that he would hang behind him. Said, no Mustang Sally, you know. <laughs> oh man! And, and and so I wonder. If, and I ask this a lot of cover bands, is there a song that you play no matter how much you don't like it? No, I think we've been, occasionally we get asked to play a song that, that we don't really care for. And mm-hmm. we've, we're, we've been smooth about getting out of those situations without having to do. How, how do you accommodate Well, people that? say Freebird and I say, yeah. this song is like Freebird, just different. And then we play whatever we were going to play. <laughs> well, but i think we, sorry no just uh, that's something um that i've seen bands do is like play Freebird. well no we don't do that but we'll play simple man yeah you know, we'll do another skinnered song for you or something like that i think of sweet caroline and how horrible it must be for like i think of a, a guitar duo like you guys i imagine the venues you're at and i imagine that song gets requested probably two or three times an hour you know <laughs> <laughs> and do you accommodate or do you just say oh we just played that oh it's coming up in the set list or how do you deal with those i don't know that we get requests all that often i would say it's more common for us to be like okay nobody knows this song but we're just gonna play it anyway because we like it and see what happens i would say that's definitely been the case with like my city the song i referred to earlier nobody knows Mm -hmm. that song and i know it but i love it um and really a lot of our friends we met through open mic just kind of have that same outlook is like i know nobody knows this song but i like it and i'm gonna play it and so i i've just kind of tried to embrace that as well not getting so hung up on are people going to know this song as much as i like it and they can tell that i like it and that's cool but it's really cool because i mean you've got a real good a real good finger on the pulse of your audience you know what 
songs you do and they don't have to be a hit they don't have to be the songs they're requesting it has to be the song that fits in what you're presenting as a package mm-hmm. and you guys both seem to have a real good feel for that that's really awesome to be able to to be to have that you know that that uh that repertoire and then be able to adapt it as you need to because this crowd's a little bit different this winery crowd's a little bit different than was here at this brewery last night right <laughs> yeah. and how do you do with that john do you do you follow her lead or do you just do you used to make a suggestion say ivy it's not working uh, oh no no um uh, no, no we i think we usually agree pretty pretty much uh when changes need to be made yeah um you know when we get requests i it's flattering if if somebody wants to listen to us so I, i'll try to accommodate them as much yeah. as we can but usually we they you know we don't know the songs that they request typically because right. We're we're not the we're not the kind of uh, like a bar band that plays nine to one, you know, mm-hmm. every weekend and and knows every song that every guy in a bar is going to request. Right. Um, what do you guys usually do? You usually do a two hour set or two or three? Yeah, two yeah. or two or three hours. We most often we play in breweries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tap rooms, and right. uh, you know they don't stay open as late, so it's a shorter set. Well, that nice too, especially with the wife and I guess kids too, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you don't have to come in at three o'clock in the morning and haul in gear till four, you know, been down that road. But let's let's talk about another uh uh drive in Monday song and it's called Never Come Sooner Than Ever. Yeah, so this one is our uh this is our biggest hit to date. Oh really? <laughs> um how so? How do you this one that? this one is really uh fun because when I wrote it, um, so I came up with the the main guitar sound and and I wrote the the melody and words to it. Um, I was pretty pleased with it, uh, but then I sent it to Ivy, and when she added her harmony on top of it, uh, I I thought it just brought it from two dimensions into three dimensions. It just uh, really benefited from that. I'm so glad you said that because that to me is what sets you guys apart. The harmonies in that song just made that what was a good song into like a fabulous song. I, I want to hear it again kind of thing, you know? Like if, if they came on the radio, I'd say, oh man, who is that? You know, or I'd get my Google and say, name the artist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you I guys, appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, do you get, uh, you said it's your, it's your biggest song right now. Are you getting airplay, local airplay? Are you getting sales on Spotify? How's that? How do you get yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's based on looking at, looking at streams on Spotify. Uh-huh. Uh, that's it's, that's our main outlet apart from our live shows yeah and uh where's your audience coming from is it all over the world or is it mostly alabama or are you getting a smattering of japanese and finnish people or what <laughs> that would be cool but i doubt it well well we do get a little bit of that so um some of our i guess the most of our spotify listeners are people who have seen us live but then okay. um, we s- submit our songs to playlisters to, uh, to try to get broader reach. Um, not a ton of playlisters because I, I tend to only submit to the free ones, but uh, uh, we, we've gotten on several playlists. And so we do, we do get listens from, I think we've had one from Kazakhstan of all places. That's okay. so cool. Oh, wow. That's know, I, I can't awesome. imagine what someone in Kazakhstan makes out of our song, but, uh, but it's fun. Well, maybe, maybe he grew up in Alabama and now yeah. he's over there. <laughs> so uh, I was an English major in college. So I, I, I questioned the, the, the title never comes sooner than ever it makes no sense <laughs> make that make sense to me um in part i just like it because of the the sounds but 
It, it also, to me, uh, it's been my experience in the last 10 years of my life that it seems like on, on many things have happened that I just could not have imagined happening earlier in my life. Um, kind of like never say never, but. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's, it, and so now I, I kind of expect things to happen that seem impossible. Yeah. Things that I would have once said, no, that's never going to happen. Like what? Uh, well, okay. some things on a personal level, but, but even, um, even in a larger world, thing, things like COVID or things like uh, okay. love him or hate him, the election of Donald Trump was a thing that I I'd really thought could never happen. Right. And, uh, so I, for, some, for whatever reason, my experience was up through the age of the late 30s, um, life pretty much went the way I expected it to uh -huh. in every aspect. And the decade after that has been full of just crazy stuff. So I don't know how many times my... we say that a week, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, so that makes sense. And never comes sooner than ever. Cause there's some things you thought would never happen. It seems like they're happening a lot yes. lately, yeah. you know, a lot. Is it, does that sum it up? That's it. Yes. How about that? Well, Ivy, do you get, well, I mean, I, I'll just add to that briefly. I would say with everything that I've done and John and I have done with music, I feel like John has, maintain that attitude of like, why not? We'll never know until we try. And so recording music, putting it on Spotify, being on a podcast now, um, right, getting to right. play a couple of local festivals here recently, all of that, I would have been too nervous to ever attempt. But I feel like that's why John and I go together so well as he says, let's try this. And I just go, okay. <laughs> um, so I feel like maybe in a more positive spin on that, never saying everything. Um, yeah. That's kind I like of that. I like that. Yeah. Well, let's do this. As well. Let's let's give a listen to this, and when we come back, I want to talk to you guys about uh, duos that have inspired you. Okay, so this is uh, the Drive-In Mondays, and the song is called "Never Comes Sooner Than Ever." far off but never comes sooner than ever in this day and age somehow you pick every fight that you win it's a heck of a way for the day to begin but i'll be behind you in every battle you wage Oh, the things that I do aren't the things that I should I wish I could say my intentions are good But if you knew the half of it, you'd fall right out of your seat Secrets won't keep you warm in the night And closed doors don't turn wrong into right and time can't be trusted to ever deliver the goods Maybe it's time for me to go But I love you more than you'll ever know And I never could walk out before the credits roll 
Be it the wine in my bloodstream or the time of the day Or the heavenly bodies that propel me your way I could go on for hours, I could close this barroom down But your secrets won't keep you warm in the night And closed doors don't turn wrong into right And time can't be trusted to ever deliver the goods Never come sooner than ever with the drive-in Mondays. We'll visit with John and Ivy a little bit more in just a moment. You meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. I mean, that's the easy part. Somehow, after two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned, and we disagree a little bit more, maybe feel a little, little disillusioned at, time, at times. Well, this, this period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. This is usually when couples seek out therapists to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, a sort of how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better, it offers exercises to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever. It's not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You got to do the work. And if you do these exercises together, apply the lessons you learn, you will absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like, well, forever. Two years after forever, author Mike Pollard, 30-year therapist, is the author and my brother. Two years after forever.com and available at Amazon today and forever. We're with John and Ivy from the Drive-In Mondays, and uh, I set this up so I give you a chance to talk about it or think about it a little bit. Um, what duets or duos inspire you guys? Because your harmonies are just uh, magnificent. I love your harmonies. And Thank where does it where does it come <laughs> from? Who like who? What duos do you follow or duets do you follow? Oh, man. Well, the main one that comes to mind, and we talked about this a little bit while we were on that break, was um, the Civil Wars. And I saw them live about 2012 and just have been in love ever since. And they only wow. did two albums, and it's just very sad. But um, to a lesser extent, um, other artists that are out there in a similar style, just really anything that's that stripped down, two voices, two guitars kind of thing has been um, influential to us for sure. John? Yeah. Uh, for me, I start with the Everly Brothers, Lennon oh, wow. McCartney, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, basically for our, our sort of configuration of a male and female voice together, uh, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss's work has been uh, kind of a been an phenomenal model. Yeah. Yeah, it's been and cool. then uh, I would also say um, there are a million interesting, talented duos on YouTube. Yes. 
these days. Really? Okay. And any song that you you look up, you find great version of it. And so there's there's many that I wish I could name them, but uh, I, I don't even necessarily know them by name. I just know Ooh. all the great things that I've found. So with, with Nathan and Eva, the Running yeah. Mates, um, us the duo. Those are the ones that are coming to my head right now. Yes, YouTube everywhere. Right. <laughs> well, I think of like like with America's Got Talent and the Voice and shows like that. It's just open up the world for more and more vocalists to come forward. And I think that by in turn opens up the door for more duets to get, you know, people to come together and say, like you guys, you're not family, but you've got this, this blend that's so good. And uh, I think that's kind of what happens or what has happened in music. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, there's so many outlets now uh, to be a musician, to be creative that didn't exist uh, in the past and so many ways to get to get heard i mean there's still the traditional way to go get a gig in a bar um but uh you know there's there's youtube and there's spotify and uh many many others the TikTok, of course huge yeah. right. Right. i was talking to somebody who streamed on twitch a lot during covid and that's how he got recognition um, oh, wow. so yeah all sorts of things i was in uh, country radio back in the 80s and that's when Dolly and Kenny were really big, and that's when uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Dottie Weston, well, Kenny Rogers, anybody was really big, you know. But duets were really big back then in the country music thing. And now I hear it like, like John said, uh, the Allison Krauss and Robert Plant was just one of the most. I never would have put those two together. Yeah, and right. oh my goodness, what a great song! Or what I the, the great album, yeah, project. album, yeah. But uh, I'm trying. There was one particular song that just blew up YouTube for like a was month. Was it Can't Let Go? Because that's the one we cover. <laughs> yes, it was Can't Let Go. Yes. Yeah, it always goes over well. That's a good one. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't. Uh, I think they probably heard you guys do it. They heard the Drive-In Mondays do it. And they said, hey, we can do that on our next album. <laughs> no, they had it first. We <laughs> can't nope, claim nope. it. Nope. Other way around. <laughs> so what are what are some of the what are some of the the covers that you guys do on on a regular basis? You, that's one do you do some civil yeah. wars or Simon uh, we, we do uh yeah we actually we got requests for civil wars so we started uh, learning their songs so so we do 20 years um oh. and we do barton hollow but it's really hard and i have to change the tuning on my guitar which <laughs> that's for special occasions for special occasions yeah it's fun though so um that is yeah so you play that out so you play a resonator on that yeah yeah yeah, we don't. So okay. their version's definitely cooler, but we try. Well, I was gonna. That was my next question. Was John? Do you play other than guitar? Do you play other stuff? Do you play a resonator? Do you play a fiddle? I just um, Ivy said you play harmonica. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent several years playing old time string band music. So I play fiddle and banjo. Oh no, kidding! And okay. uh, I do a little slide guitar in a, in our set, just with a, a dreadnought acoustic guitar, but put some slide accents into it, and uh, we just yesterday we went into a studio to record uh, a new single and i got to lay a banjo track onto that oh that's fun you know the the song old man by neil young old, yeah do you know who plays the banjo on that no i don't i've never heard james taylor 
James wow. Taylor. Okay. He had a back in the Laurel Canyon era, you know, when all the all the hippie rock and rollers lived in Laurel Canyon. You know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they'd have parties, but everybody had a recording studio at their house, and Linda Ronstadt and James Taylor were over at Neil Young's house, or whatever, and he was working on that song. And uh, James Taylor's picked up a banjo, said, "Hey, mind if I?" And this is how the story that I've heard this is how it goes. You mind if I play that here? And he started picking out the notes, and he said, "Let's keep that." And then when they went to the studio and recorded it, they had James Taylor on the banjo and Linda Ronstadt singing background. And that's oh, wow. awesome. <laughs> so you know uh, what? it pays to have uh, talented friends. Yeah, and and instruments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what uh, What do you want to do with your music from here? Is this where you want to go, or do you want to do more? What do you want to do? Like you're you're in Huntsville. You're playing yeah mostly a hundred mile radius, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I just I want to keep writing songs, and uh, every time I write a, a new song, I feel like I've learned something more about songwriting. So uh, I'm just enjoying that process and creating things and uh, working with other creative people, principally Ivy, but uh, on some recording projects, we work with uh, other friends and. Uh, so I want to do more of that. I'd like to get a broader reach in places like Spotify if we can. Uh huh. But not have to leave home. <laughs> well, right. That's not too practical. But uh, we just played a super cool festival in town here called Porch Fest Five Points. How fun! Where they they closed fun. down a street, and they have bands playing on about eight or ten different front porches no down kidding. the length of a block. Um, so in the course of an evening in a, say three hours, they had something like 30 bands wow. uh, playing. It's like, it's like a Woodstock in your neighborhood. That's so cool. And it was totally free. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a really great crowd out there. Um, we played a 30 minute set and then got Just to got go to and see around. everybody else play. So that was fun. So love to do more of those. Yeah. I just want to do more cool stuff, yeah. <laughs> things like that that are just really cool that are really memorable. That I think that's a lot of for a lot of musicians. I'm like that would be like a pinnacle. That's that's it. I, I don't have to do this anymore. I want to just do stuff like that because that's fun. I don't have to be discovered. I don't have to go to Nashville. I don't have to. Right. You know, this this is fun. How about you, Ivy? What do you what do you what are your hopes or aspirations with music? Where do you see it going for you? I mean, I would echo a lot of what John said. Just continuing to do cool stuff that. I would have never chosen to do on my own um more of that never say never feeling of course yeah. but um yeah yeah just continuing to see where this thing goes that's neat well speaking of seeing where this thing goes this thing is going to a song that features you as the lead vocalist because the first two are pretty much john with yeah. you in harmony but this one's more like your song i guess is that right all i need um, is you yeah yeah i mean I, I did end up on i guess more of the lead vocal on this one and yeah, I guess was at least somewhat influential in the, what, what it fin- what it what the final version ended up sounding like. Um, What's it feel? Like oh yeah, and this is also the one where I chose the verses that because he sent me like twelve, and I picked the ones that I thought no kidding. <laughs> worked together. Um, well, there's there's a line in there that all I need is a friend. All I all I want is you, and I just think that is just such a cool, sweet sentiment to have. For friends, man, woman, friends, women, man, friends, man, man, friends, women, women, friends. We've all got them all. But it's just mm-hmm. neat how it comes together and how the music brings that thought together. It's, it, it sounds, there's I, the word I came up with was sweet because it really is a sweet sentiment, you know? I love that. But it, it, you can't do it if you don't deliver it right, correct? And you deliver it perfectly. 
Thank you. <laughs> and John, what are the tell us about the verses that didn't make the cut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. They they got discarded, so I don't okay. recall them. But it it really is interesting to me to uh, when I'm writing. I would like to write more that Ivy would sing lead on, but then then the it's a challenge to write anything that would be in her voice, you know, where she would be the character, uh-huh. uh, you know, not, not just what would be in her, her vocal range or something like that, but it, my you know, point of view, I guess to, for me to write a story for a woman to sing is a challenge. Right. And so there I've written one other song that um, we did with the previous band uh, that worked really well when she sang the lead on it. But uh, but it's not easy to do. Yeah, I bet it's that stuff because you got to be in her head, you know, almost. So you can almost put yourself in her head and her experience, her life experience. Now you've known each other for a long time, so that helps. That helps. It's not like you're writing for a stranger, you know. Yeah, I think the bet the best I could say is I I've come up with something that didn't bother her too much. <laughs> Too <laughs> yeah, she, she didn't throw it at me so i guess it's not bad <laughs> right, right? right. <laughs> well i think this one it, this is also it it's not my favorite of your three but it might be you know <laughs> you know what i mean because uh they're, they're really good song but the, there's just the, the way it's written the way it's structured and and how your your voices blend in this i think are are are, are just impeccable they're like a lesson in harmonies now this is a uh, you asked about uh, do we always play guitar? Uh-huh. Do we both play guitar? So this is a song where principally I play guitar, and Ivy's featured on the shaker. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm gonna brings in the percussion there. At the I, end. That was a fun thing to do. When uh, I, I may have mentioned this earlier this week with a band that was on also from Huntsville, uh, uh, but uh, uh, the song "Sweet Emotion" by Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. They were in a recording studio and he was looking for a shaker or a maraca or something because he wanted to at the at the intro and he couldn't find one. So he told the producer, he said, turn the microphone all the way up and he grabbed a, a salt or a sugar packet. Wow. <laughs> and shaking it in front of the microphone. That's the, the maraca sound that you hear. So if you ever, you know, have you ever in that situation where That's John's cool. like, okay, you're in percussion on this. <laughs> Go grab a salt shaker, man. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm really not a drummer. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to record shaker to a click track, but it's harder than you would think. And I think um, our the, the, the guy who recorded the songs for us did a, some some engineering to make it actually sound yeah. correct. So I don't know if I can credit. take that full was... credit. Let's let's give some credit to Silver Fox Sound, Silver Fox sound we... for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Silver Fox Sound, for giving us this end product. We're with the Drive-In Mondays, and this song is All I Want Is You.
with the drive-in Mondays from Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, boys and girls, where are we going to see you next? Where can we find you? Where can we hear you? Tell me what's coming up next with the drive-in Mondays for the rest of the summer of 2023. We've got a we've got a couple of shows scheduled. Uh, I think we're going to be at the Church Street Wine Shop in Huntsville. Uh, we're going to be at the Madison nice. Tap Room in Madison, Alabama. Uh, we'll Surely we'll have some uh, some other events scheduled soon, but uh, those are the only ones we have fixed right now. Um, you can find our, our website, thedriveinmondays.com, has all, all of our events listed. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we, we play uh, places around town with like the Casual Pint, um, Green Bus Brewery, Salty Nut Brewery. And the new song we just recorded will probably be on Spotify by the time this comes out. So, um, cool. what's the name of the song? Saturday morning, Saturday morning wake up call. Oh, really? So, I don't like to wake up on Saturdays. We don't either. <laughs> it's, so, is it a wake up call or is it a wake up call? Or do we have right. to hear the song yes. to find out? You'll, you'll, you'll have yeah. to listen to the song and find out. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a real joy. It really has. I enjoy this so much and I enjoy being able to talk with people like both of you, the, just your enthusiasm, your energy, and it's so much fun. And I appreciate you being on the show. So thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for having us here. Yes. Thank you. Our thanks today to John and Ivy of the Drive-In Mondays. Tomorrow wraps up our debut week and our visit to Alabama. Our guest will be Tony Brooke. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com. 
or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.